right in. Um, Abba Father, thank you for the love and grace you've given today and how you're at work um, caring and loving us and guiding us through this life that we live. You are the faithful shepherd. And ask uh, for my heart to be open and tender tonight, please. All of us, uh, in the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Okay, so, uh, Sally and Robert, so good to see you. Uh, Sally and Robert. I bet Warren and Sally. Last name just happens to be Robert. You just wait till you're my age. It gets worse, I promise. It gets worse. So. <laughs> All right, so um, got some really exciting things to cover in uh, uh, Mother's Day is this Sunday. It'll be beautiful. Uh, Andrea and Jester in town. That's a great thing. So, I uh, want you, to, boy, if you can, just please remember, remember me and Andrea and what's going on at the clinic. And folks were saying, uh, God is at work. It's really, really beautiful thing. So, tonight, faith in the crowd and a concept about as for me is what we're going to dig into. So, uh, want to go slow? If 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 it gets a little thick, we'll just we'll take a step back and pace ourselves. So uh, there are, if you're reading in the English text, there are a couple dozen times when the English translations read, but as for me, and as for me, and the, it's in the emphatic position, it's the first thing that's being said, and it's from the Hebrew root, ani, which simply means I, me, you know. And we, in English, might, it might be, by George, I've settled it, and this is what it is, you know. It's a statement about yourself. It's a declarative statement. Something's going on inside of me. There's a sense of resolution. There's a sense of I've assessed the situation, and I'm making a very, very serious determination about it. Now, if you take those concepts, those, those passages, but as for me... But as for me, they tend to fall in three categories, all right? Here's the first category. We're going to call it example A. And the idea is that, that the phrase ani, or as for me, it's an expression showing comparison and privilege between the psalmist who is righteous uh, before Yahweh, Yehovah, uh, and the opponent who is not righteous before Yahweh. So it's going to be a compare and contrast. You know, this person is wicked. Uh, his words are like swords. His teeth are like knives. He's mean and, and is an awful person. But not me. <laughs> but as for me, I follow your ways, Lord. So it's this compare and contrast idea. I'm not like that guy. I am not that person. Or I'm not that people group. All right? So when you, and you'll walk through this when you see, as for me, some of them are falling in this category, compare and contrast between someone that is following Jehovah and the opponent who is not. Another example is it's an expression to affirm the needs of the psalmist who is innocent but yet still suffers. The Job story. You know, all these bad things are happening and, and it's not fair and people are treating me poorly and abusing me, and, and it's terrible. But as for me, I'm going to stay the course. I'm not going to quit. That's the idea in example uh, B and C. It's an expression to affirm a similar note that there is, in fact, personal guilt. The psalmist is guilty. 
and he will confess sin and admit it, but, uh, and the suffering can, can continue, but there's a process of forgiveness, complaint as worship, that's always in the psalm, and this is interesting, and a continued right of access to the favor of Jehovah. We have this idea that if we sin, God cuts the grace faucet off. That's it. Done. Time out. Bad room for you. Go. I don't want to look at you. Get out of my sight. Leave. Go to your room. You know. And God cuts you off. But that's really not the case. And it's fascinating when you see the phrase, Ani, but as for me, or as for me, and how it plays out in one, and sometimes both, uh, or at least two categories. So, example A, hey, we've got two very different kinds of people, in-group, out-group. B, we have someone who is innocent and yet suffers. And C, someone who is guilty, they're suffering. But they still have rights of access. They still have access to the favor of God. All right, so let's walk through this then. Let's look at the first category Example A, in-group, out-group, okay? There's hope and there's rights of access to Jehovah. Psalm 5, and I'm trying to give a little bit of background with each text. It, it makes for a lot of reading, so we'll be careful. He's commenting, Lord, you, Jehovah, you destroy those who speak lies. The Lord loathes the person of bloodshed and deceit. Ani, but as for me. By your abundant graciousness, I will enter your house. And at your holy temple, I will bow in reverence for you. Clear in-group, clear out-group concept. The person who follows Yahweh is obviously on the side of Yahweh. The, the opposition is not. And he is resolving, but as for me. In other words, he's saying, I'm not speaking lies I don't hate people. I'm not a man of bloodshed, and I'm not a man of deceit. All right, next one, Psalm 17, 13 and 15. Arise, Lord, confront him. Another, there's an opponent, clear in-group, out-group. Make him bow down. Save my soul from the wicked with your sword. And he continues that idea. But as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness, and I shall be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. A deep, deep resolve of faith that is very reconciled. Psalm 31, blessed be the Lord, for he has shown his marvelous faithfulness to me in a besieged city. As for me, I said in my alarm, I'm cut off from your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the sound of my pleadings when I called to you for help. In group, out group, there is a burden of suffering, but the psalmist states essentially that he's innocent. Look at this next block here, continuing with A, uh, Psalm 52. But as for me, I'm like a, a green olive tree in the house of God. I'm flourishing. I trust in the faithfulness of God forever and ever, and I will praise you forever because you have done it. And I will wait on your name. For it is good in the presence of your godly ones. In group, out group. Okay, res resolution. 55. May death come deceitfully upon them. May they go down alive 
to Sheol. For evil is in their dwelling, in their midst. As for me, I shall call upon God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will complain and moan, and he will hear my voice. Again, resolution, resolution, resolution. Psalm 71, may those who are enemies of my soul be put to shame and consumed. May they be covered with disgrace and dishonor who seek to injure me. But as for me, I will wait continually and will praise you yet more and more. Waiting and waiting. Uh, let's look at this block here. Just a, just a few more here. Psalm 73, which is beautiful. God certainly is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant, and I saw the prosperity of the wicked. David is essentially, or, or Asaph, is essentially confessing that jealousy had set in his heart. That God was blessing the wrong person. <laughs> All right, Psalm 73, toward the end of the psalm. Behold, those who are far from you will perish. You have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness of God is good for me. I have made the Lord God my refuge, so that I may tell of all your works. Compare and contrast, in-group, out-group, maintaining that there are rights of access to the favor of Yahweh. And Asaph realizes at this point that, yes, other people may have it really, really good by comparison, but I would rather be close to God. That's what matters. Um, 75, but as for me, I will declare it forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob, and he will cut off all the horns of the wicked but the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. Okay. Um, Psalm 104, may my praise be pleasing to him. As for me, I shall rejoice in the Lord. May sinners be removed from the earth and may the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, it's a curious thing, by the way. Uh, Psalm 119, 78, 87 are very clear in group, out group, and... He resolves that he is deeply committed to God's word. As for me, I'll meditate on your precepts. As for me, I'll, I will not abandon or I did not abandon your precepts. But in group A, um, example A here, these are, these are the sorts of things that are, Bruce, that are very much a part of judgment psalms, imprecatory psalms, praying against the wicked, etc. And we, we don't see a lot of this in the New Testament. We see, Lord, forgive our enemies. Jesus said, pray for those who use you. We see a completely different perspective in the New Testament. Okay. And yet we can't be dismissive of this. Okay, we can't do that. Uh, let's keep going. Look what happens in, in example B. Um, this is what happens. Now we're looking at suffering when someone's innocent. There are people whose hands, in their hands is a wicked scheme and his right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in my integrity. 
Redeem me and be gracious to me. Come on, Yahweh, I'm turning to you. I walk in my integrity. I will do this. 36 and 7. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I will never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain to stand. You hid your face and I was dismayed. So the person presents as being innocent and yet God can, can create a sensation in him that he's being abandoned and he panics and he's dismayed. And yet he's confessing this resolute kind of faith. Psalm 35, malicious witnesses rise up. They ask me things that I do not know. They repay me evil for good to the bereavement of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer kept returning to my heart, my bosom. Uh, Simply the idea is that, hey, I'm innocent. When they have a need, I meet their need. When I'm in trouble, they forsake me. But he's, but he's, hey, you know what? I've resolved in this. Um, continuing with B, Psalm 59, they return at evening, they howl like a dog and prowl around the city. They wander about for food and murmur if they are not satisfied. But as for me, I will sing of your strength. Yes, I will joyfully sing of your faithfulness in the morning, for you have been my refuge and a place of refuge on the day of my distress. All right. Now we're looking at a grouping that fall under the category of when the psalmist admits guilt. And these are really interesting. Psalm 31, and it's a pretty big chunk here. I'm trying to give you the context For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength has failed because of my guilt and my body is wasted away. Because of all my adversaries, I have become a disgrace, especially to my neighbors and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me, for I have heard the slander of many. Terror is on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they schemed to take my life. But as for me, I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. Now, this is really getting interesting. When you have the mindset that if you sin, God cuts you off, you're forsaken, you're set to drift, you're on your own. Uh, don't look at me, get away from me, can't stand to look at you, I wish I never knew you, I wish you'd never been born. These radical concepts of rejection, uh, this kind of stuff uh, can be overwhelming. I mean, you, you can see this sorrow, sighing, I'm weak, all because of guilt. Sounds like a guilty conscience that is just crushing this person. And yet in the midst of all of that, he says, you know what, but as for me, I trust in you, Lord. So even in guilt, there's a right of access to the favor of Yahweh. Even in guilt. That's very interesting. This is another example of this. Psalm 40. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. 
I have not concealed your mercy or your truth and your truth from the great congregation. You, Lord, will not withhold your compassion from me. Your mercy and your truth will continually watch over me. Sounds like this is a fantastic guy, right? For evils beyond number have surrounded me. My guilty deeds have overtaken me. So that I'm not able to see. The sins are more numerous than the hairs of my head. And my heart has failed me. Now this is a wreck. We would say this is a, a moral train wreck. And then he says, but as for me, I am poor and needy. But the Lord takes thought of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. How's that for grace? Bruce in the Old Testament. <laughs> for someone whose sins outnumber the hair of their heads. Okay. Sure, it's a metaphor, but it means a lot. <laughs> you can't get the point. This guy's really struggling. How's that for a kind of faith that he still has a right of access, she still has a right of access to the favor of Jehovah? Wow. 41, as for me, I said, Lord, be gracious to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil of me. When will he die and his name perish? Yeah. Just a few more. Psalm 41. But you, Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up that I may repay them. By this I know that you are pleased with me because my enemy does not shout in triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity. And you place me in your presence forever. God, you know my foolishness and my guilt is not hidden from you. Those who sit in the gate talk about me and songs of mockery by those who, who, who habitually are drunk are about me. But as for me, my prayers to you. Lord, at an acceptable time. God, in the greatness of your mercy, answer me with your saving truth. Wow. He's the song of drunks at a bar. All right. You're the gifted body of Christ. The concept of Ani, as for me. All this stuff's going on. There's in-group, there's out-group. There's a clear differentiation between the saved and the unsaved. Those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, Jehovah, those who don't. Group B, that we who follow Jesus can still suffer, even in innocence. And then there are times we suffer because of guilt, because of sin. But even in a state of, of guilt, God doesn't give up. Jesus does not give up on us. Still pursues us, still loves us still seeks to disciple us and gives us rights of access to restore that relationship. As for me. So here's my question. What, what, what's gonna have, what, what has to happen for you to come to a place when you say, enough, enough. It's not about what other people are doing. It's not about that God's blessing the wrong people. 
Stop. No more of that. No more of that. And it's not about, you know, gosh, life's not fair. You know, what's up? Jehovah, shouldn't you be blessing me? Nope, we're stopping. Stop. No, 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 no. Or, you know, my own guilt, my own dysfunction, our own stuff, you know, and how difficult that can make life. Nope. As for me. I'm going to nail this down. I'm going to settle it. And I'm going to get back on the path of following Yehovah, the Lord God. You're the the church. Um, David, Phyllis, um, what do you guys think? What does it take to get to this place where we can speak with this kind of resolution? As for me. In trying to put this, for me to try and put this into context of first century Mediterranean thinking, I can't help but think about honor, shame. Yes. How important that was. Where did you stand within your group, your society? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, that one's easy. Honor yeah. me. Yeah. I'm I'm on the inside. Yeah. I'm in group. An example C. Lord, I deserve this. <laughs> you know, uh, I am not being honored. Rightfully so. Yeah. And when do you as you just said, when do you lay all that aside? Terry, what a confession. You're my God. When do you reach that? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think? What has to click in the heart, the soul of a man or a woman to resolve? You know, as for me, this is the way it's going to be. You are my God. I'm settling that. Right. Um, so an honorable he- Hebrew would complain. Yes. Yeah. They know they got to accept it, but they would complain about it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the beauty of an Israeli faith. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I believe it's also something of you have nothing else left to hold on to or to grab a hold of. In other words, God has done it in his perfect way to where there's no other distraction for you to grab a hold of, to to, to feel secure, to feel like this will help me. He makes it to where he puts it in the right, you in the right position. Where the only thing left is him. 
Yeah, did you hear that? Um, I'm not sure if the speaker grabbed it, but David is essentially saying that the Lord, Jehovah, takes us to the end of ourselves when we're out of our own spiritual, psychological, intellectual energy to fix a problem or deal with it, and we become, we become bankrupt and uh, find ourselves in a very desperate place. And that there's like motivation. What What's that, sir? Like what he did. Like, like what he did with Joe. Like what he did with Joe. Yes. 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 Yeah. Someone else. What does it take to get to the place where you finally go? As for me. Bang. Carol, what do you think, dear? Yes. So as for me, uh, I'm just going to continue to trust him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be a, a little more challenging sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because I love the Lord, I'm doing I'm trying this right, but... Yeah. It's a little bit unfair. Tormented, mm-hmm. But as for me, I'm going to still trust him. You know? mm-hmm. And see, hey, I've been doing horrible things for years, but as for me, I'm going to trust that God still loves me. And still, you know, so it's, each one seems like it's a little... It takes a little more... Yeah, that's good. That is so good, Carol. Yes, yes. That's good. Uh, two very human reflexes that I think cause lots of problems with coming to this point of resolution is one, our reflex of shame. And in a reflex of shame, we literally seek to avoid. We move to the shadows, all right? And that's obviously the Adam and Eve story. And then the second reflex is a savior reflex, which is a kind of, at a root of it, idolatry. Uh, they're, they're not unrelated. That I can fix this myself. I can be my own savior, my own Messiah, and I really don't need God. And uh, a cheap version of that is called a fig leaf. Okay, I'm going to move to the shadows and I'm going to fix it myself. I'm going to cover myself with my own, my own resources. Those two reflexes are very, very profound. Uh, they are literally based on neuroanatomy. And they're also based on the fact that we're created in the image of God. It's how our brains work. The problem with this is that uh, it also creates uh, the opportunity for us to become very prideful people. Very, very prideful. Uh, Now, if you could get inside the head of Satan, the person who struggles with guilt, with sin, like Carol mentioned, whether it's, you know, one big stumble or years of of protracted stumbling, all that kind of stuff, what would Satan want you to do? Fix things yourself. Fix things yourself. And, and how does that work out? Uh-huh. <laughs> Not well. It leads to more mistakes. Leads to more, absolutely. What else? If you're going to get inside Satan's head about a believer who's struggling, what would he want you to think about your relationship with Jehovah, the Lord? 
Yes. Doubt in what? Doubt of your worthiness mm-hmm. to even approach God. Stay in the shadows. Stay in the pig pen like the prodigal son. Don't go home. Whatever you do, don't go home. It'll be bad. Stay in the pig pen. Stay in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's fascinating that this is in the Old Testament. This, the law is in effect <laughs> at this point. And yet he repeats that even when there's so many sins, they outnumber the hairs on his head. He can still say, you know what? But as for me, you are my God. I trust you. I turn to you. Wow. That's what God wants. He wants us to go home. He doesn't want us to stay in the pig pen. So, Terry? Uh, There's 613 laws at this point. Correct. Which means that you're sinning every day some way. To get real technical, there's there's a problem somewhere always. Yeah. 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 If you got six hundred thirteen things to yeah. remember, yeah. you're going you're going to commit a sin. So if you are in example C, yes. You have sin more you have more sin than you have hair on your head. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Where does the resolve come from to make that simple, a difficult decision that uh, I am yours? Yes, yeah. When do you actually do that? Is it in time of distress? Is it when everything is glorious? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good, Terry. These are these are your these are the issues. This is where we live. Absolutely. Anybody else? This heart that deeply resolves, as for me, regardless of what's going on with the crowd, doesn't matter. As for me. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I prayed. Standing, I was in the hall to say this or not, but I don't think my mom's listening, so I think we're good. <laughs> um, I was standing in my backyard in Aurora, Colorado, and this was in '91, I think. And I was out there with my wife and two children at that point, trying to make a living and raise my family, and, and I just had this contention with my mom. It was just up to here. And I remember being in my backyard, and I was talking to God, and I said, "Look." I've done everything I know to do. I've done everything I know to do, and I cannot get along with her. I mean, I asked him to judge her right there. It's like, you take her. You know, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. I'm doing what you want me to do here, as far as I knew. And I don't know if I'm making any sense or not, but I was just to that point where I just said, I I need you to take this. And I didn't really know what I was asking. I said, you judge her. You know, and I'm like, ooh. 
you know, that's yeah. a little stout. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, you know, I got to the edge there. Yes, and that does happened. That that's very Yes, it does to me. Sure, sure. Um, so in, in Hebrew thought, let's think about logic. Um, you've heard of a syllogism in logic and philosophy? People, Andrew, get a few nods, syllogism, you know. Uh, it's a way of thinking that uh, moving from the general to the specific, these kinds of things, you know. Uh, all mammals have hair. My dog has hair. My dog is a mammal, you know. Kind of a sequential one plus one is two plus one is three kind of way of thinking. It's logic. So in the Hebrew mind, they had another form of logical reasoning called val kohomer, which means that when you're trying to prove something to your friend, you would prove the small thing, and then by proving the small thing, you prove the big thing that's related. Okay? And it's, it's a, the way a Hebrew would think. I prove to the little thing, therefore the big thing is true. Okay? It's really important. Jesus does that. He, he, he's very Hebrew. Uh, he's very Jewish in his reasoning. He said, if you are, are an evil person, a sinful person, you being evil, if you know how to give a good gift to your child when they ask for fish, you know, you don't give them a snake, do you? Or if that's a bread, you don't give them a rock. If you being evil know how to give good things to your children, you just prove the little thing. How much more? Does your Father in heaven know how to give you what you need, or according to Luke's tradition, give you the Holy Spirit? Okay. As the Father loves me, he proved that thing. As the Father loves me, I love you. Abide in my love. Okay. This is a deep, deep way that the Hebrew mind would rationalize things out how they would do moral, spiritual, philosophical math kind of thing. That was very much that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now what's fascinating is that David and the other psalmists who contributed to this grouping are acknowledging sin, they're acknowledging guilt, acknowledging all the mess that flows out of that and still runs after God. doesn't avoid, doesn't move to the shadows, has that deep sense of resolve that I have a right to access the favor of Jehovah. What a conclusion. So, all right, now, to me, this is the gospel. And so this is what, this is what Paul does. Paul says, you know, if God is for you and he, he loves you and created this world for you, all these things that God has done for you and, God, and the goodness of God, how much more will he be good to you if you have his son? Arguing from thing A to thing B. If God loves you when you're at your worst, how much more will God love you if he sees his son inside of you? So all of this sets up the gospel story. As for me, 
I have a right of access to the favor of Jehovah because I am in Jesus, which is absolutely beautiful. So that we can have a deeply resolved faith. So let me read from 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Abba Father, thank you for grace. Thank you that we can come running and that you want us to resolve this deeply in our hearts. Please bless in Jesus' name. Let's take the words up together.